Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Good morning, Genesis. Our scripture reading today is taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, favored one, the Lord, the Lord is with you. But Mary was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, oh, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, um... How, how, how can this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My husband just um, direct messaged me and said, do you, do you have uh, Mitch on standby or retainer so that he reads scripture every time you preach? And I told him it really pays to be the scheduler of volunteers for worship. So thanks as always, Mitch. Um, I, man, it just, you have a way of bringing scripture alive in the way you read it. Thank you so much. Well, friends, we've had an impossible year. I, I don't know about you, but how, how many times have you thought, I don't know if we're making it through 2020? pandemic, fires in our neighborhoods, this deeply divided country, the very visual and physical manifestations of racism, illness, death, broken relationships, violence over wearing masks, you guys, job loss, the loss of a child, fear that keeps us awake at night, doom scrolling through Twitter, 
panic buying things on Amazon, like water purification systems to live off the grid or mace or baseball bats. Okay, granted the last few things likely were just me, but that's because the world has felt scary and impossible and not at all what we'd planned. So many of these things can happen in any given year, but you guys, it feels, things feel so acute this year. We've been collectively and individually living in this state of constant disruption, constant chaos, disappointment, and grief. For most of us, this is not the path that we anticipated or welcomed or would have chosen at all. Today, today we read in scripture about Mary of Nazareth. This young girl, she's probably 14 from a small town in Galilee. And I would imagine she had a thought of her own life trajectory too. Her parents would, would choose a husband for her. She'd get married. She'd birth and raise some children. She could teach them the stories of her ancestors, the Psalms that her mother taught her, the prayers of her people. It wouldn't be flashy or easy, but she'd know what to expect. In these few verses in Luke, we become observers of this holy disruption from the angel Gabriel. And this disruption in the message of the angel threatens her plans for marriage. It threatens to impact her family, the social climate of a small community. And it threatens to interrupt what Mary thought her future would hold. Here at Genesis, um, we do things called all plays which are opportunities for all of us to hear the voices of one another. Um, I'm probably breaking the rules of all play a little bit today in that maybe my questions are too out there or require too much thought. But um, the first all play, have you ever experienced a holy disruption? Some type of break um, that you attributed to the divine in the interruption of your normal activities? If you'd like, you could share something about that holy disruption in the chat. Um, and if you don't, I'm just gonna let us sit in silence for a few moments, which is painful for me, but I am gonna do that. Have any of you ever experienced a holy disruption? I see maybe Steve's typing. Dan, yes. God decided I should go to seminary and my entire life took a left turn. I love that, Dan. Steve, in October 2013 on a run, I felt the phrase, Genesis, a community working for new beginnings. And here we all are. We are grateful for that holy disruption in a big way this morning, God. Rebecca, at first it felt so hard. I didn't think it was God. I only realized later. Oh, for sure. Nate, my divorce, for sure, it was terrible, but opened his eyes to a lot of stuff that I wasn't able to see before. Allie, same, Pam, cancer. I usually have to be still and silent for a prolonged moment to experience one. Mitch, on a, on a <clears throat> silence and solitude retreat. Oh, you guys, 
I love the variety, like God is clearly interrupting people's lives in so many different ways, things that maybe even seem devastating and hard. You see, yesterday we witnessed my best friend let her 13-year-old go to God. Oh my goodness. I'm. We will be praying for you and their family. Hannah, your transition, how divinely loved you are, as you are. Oh, you guys, I love these. <clears throat> these holy disruptions. You can keep them coming. Um, guys, in these verses, Mary has this movement in this holy disruptive moment. She moves from she's chosen, she's perplexed, she questions, and she finally commits. And I think I probably used to read this as a this quick-paced um, dialogue, which just desi was designed to move along the story of Jesus. And maybe it's because I'm getting older or I'm just way more skeptical, but I can't buy the idea that Mary is quick to jump into action because it just doesn't seem feasible to me. After all, the entirety of humanity and the future of this young girl rests within the movement of her asking, how can this be to let it be according to your word? In this part of Jesus's origin story, we're given a glimpse into the very nature of God and God's care for Mary and humanity. So let's take a moment and look at their interaction. Gabriel meets Mary in verse 28 by saying, hello, favored one, the Lord is with you. Have you ever received a compliment or been awarded something you didn't expect or something you didn't even think you deserved? This was one of our fun conversation questions in staff meeting a couple of weeks ago. And it's fun to, to hear what kind of things that have surprised people in that in uh, in compliments and in awards it it feels flattering especially if you're a person who's rarely noticed and i wonder what it would have been like for mary to hear that she was favored by god was she perplexed in part because how could yahweh favor her a simple girl from a quiet town poor girls from poor working class families and poor working class towns usually aren't those who are considered favored. I think to be favored, at least in the divine sense, is to be seen, really and truly seen, drawn into the company of the divine. Do you believe that God sees you and wants to draw close to you? Not this cleaned up Instagram worthy version of you, but who you are right now. I wonder how many of us grew up with or maybe still maintain this idea that God is always watching, judging, deciding which way the scales are tipping on our worthiness. I imagine it kind of like the, the point system on that TV show, The Good Place, where each human had a, has a running tally for their lives, which indicated if you were going to the good place or the bad place. If you clean your room without being asked, plus 10 points. If you share your lunch with someone, plus 20 points. If you tell a woman she should smile more, it's negative 100 points. You get the idea. It's kind of like a judgmental elf on the shelf, right? But what if we replace that image of God, the God who is watching and waiting in judgment, with the God who sees you, who sees you in your brokenness and in your fullness, who sees you in your clumsy humanity 
and in the Imago Dei reflection of the divine. Right now, in this moment, God sees and favors you. God is present with you, just as God was with Mary. Secondly, Gabriel's message tells Mary, don't be afraid in verse 30. You know, what, what God asks of Mary is no small thing. Yes, she's been chosen, but it's not as if this is going to be some cushy gig where she's going to become royalty. In fact, Gabriel might as well say, this is kind of going to be terrible at major parts. But instead, Gabriel says, God's got a big plan and you get to be part of it, no matter what comes next. God is with you and you don't need to be afraid. And here, Mary is curious, likely among other emotions, but she's curious in that she asks a question which is inviting more conversation. It's amazing to me that she could remain curious even in the face of confusion or impending hardship. And impending hardship it was gonna be. She was gonna have to explain to Joseph and her family an unplanned pregnancy that Joseph wasn't the father of. She'd have to endure some public scandal, especially given their cultural norms. She'd have to risk jo uh, Joseph ending their betrothal and the possibility of being stoned to death as an adulteress. This message from God, this plan, it doesn't come without struggle. Last, lastly, Gabriel responds to Mary's questions in verse 37 that God will make a way. And there's this bonus announcement of an unexpected companion for the journey in Elizabeth in verse 36. When things seem scary or confusing, we need reassurance. We need comfort. We may need confirmation that we're not simply hearing voices. And Elizabeth can be that for Mary. Whether it's a safe place to hide out for a while while things cool down in Nazareth, or simply a place for her to not feel alone. Mary has a gift in Elizabeth, a friendship, a mentor, a co-journeyer, someone who for even a brief moment or season can help her along the way. So our second all play this morning, who have been or are the Elizabeths in your life? Who have been the companions that God has put on your path to walk alongside you or to give you some hope. Go ahead and put that in the chat. Who have been your Elizabeths? There's some good stuff going on over here too that this is such an interesting juggling act. Steve, you are so good at it. You make it look so smooth, the reading chat while also preaching piece, but I'll go back and look at all this great stuff later, but Steve has a friend named Kyle. Rick says, my father-in-law. <laughs> Laura makes pointed eyes at Jessica. I love that. Oh, Jerry and Jerry and Jerry. That's great, Bob. Well, I have a small group of friends that I've known for the last 10 years, and we all live in different places now, all over the metro, Chicago, Honduras. And we've been lifelines for each other in the midst of relationship problems, health crises, faith crises. We've encouraged each other through pregnancies and adoption and pregnancy losses. 
job loss, new vocations, and a whole lot of silly memes, of course. We've prayed for one another and we've cursed the world on each other's behalf. These women have been so important in my life. They're, they have been my Elizabeths these last several years. Imagine Mary, this young girl, she's experiencing the strangeness and worry of pregnancy and the worry of whew, a whole lot of family dynamics. She wonders, she might wonder if something is normal or not with her pregnancy. She might wonder if she made the right decision. Perhaps one way that God was making all things possible was through Elizabeth, a haven in the midst of chaos and turmoil. Mary's response to Gabriel's words in verse 38 tilts the entirety of the universe. She could have said no and still been in good company. Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, they all say they lack what God's task requires. <clears throat> As she consider, considers a changed future for herself, she ends up rejecting those worldly categories for herself. A young, unwed girl, no financial or social status or power. She is simply ordinary. And in rejecting those categories, she makes the choice for radical trust in God. She doesn't know how the story's gonna end yet. And yet she uses her agency to say yes or hinene, the Hebrew word meaning here I am. The same word used by Abraham and Jacob and Moses and the prophets, and now by this peasant girl, Mary. There's so much she cannot know, so much she cannot see in what the future holds. This is not an earthly kingdom that this child will reign over. She will not be the queen mother in royal halls. She will instead stand at the foot of a cross and see her son take his last breath. I don't know if you've ever seen Michelangelo's sculpture, uh, Pieta, but in it you'll find Mary. And she's cradling the broken and crucified body of her son, one arm holding his weight. And her other hand is up like this, palm up to God, to the sky. And I imagine Mary as a young girl, even in that moment, holding in one arm the weight of fear and expectation and worry, while the other hand is held out saying, Hineni, here am I. It can be terrifying for us to move forward without knowing how it's gonna turn out, or if we'll even make it through the journey intact. And much like the pregnancy Mary was going to experience, the only way through the fear is through it. And we can end up a bit like Mary, can't we? Perplexed, full of questions, pausing, and saying okay and stepping out. It may not turn out like we hope, but we could still move forward even when things seem frightening. If God can favor this girl, perhaps we too can feel God's favor. If Mary can be courageous and say yes, perhaps we can too. If Mary can bear Christ into the world, perhaps we too can be the theotokos, the Greek word that means God-bearer. Meister Eckhart, mystic and theologian said, what good is it to me if this eternal birth of the divine son 
takes place unceasingly, but does not take place within myself. What good is it for me if the creator gives birth to his son and then I don't also give birth to him in my own time and culture? Mary bore and birthed the human Christ in the world and following Jesus's death and resurrection, it became all of humanity's gift and task to bear Christ to the world. As Mary did, we too have a choice to make. Barbara Brown Taylor writes, like Mary, our choices often boil down to yes or no. Yes, I will live this life that is being held out before me, or no, I will not. Yes, I will explore this unexpected turn of events, or no, I will not. If you say no, you'll likely spend the next several years fighting it. You may spend all of your time and energy trying to escape from the very thing you were called to do and be. Or you can say yes. You can decide to take part in a plan you didn't choose, doing things you don't know how to do for reasons you maybe don't even understand. You can take part in a thrilling and dangerous scheme with no script and no guarantees and you can agree to smuggle God into the world inside your own body. We can hold on to the hope and joy of a God who draws near to creation. And when we do so, we perform this deep, this act of deep resistance against the pain and the chaos of the world we inhabit. What might it look like for us now, in whatever capacity we have in this moment, to remain open to God in spite of our exhaustion? in despair. Consider what is God stirring up in your midst, even under these layers of a complex and broken world. Consider if you could say yes to God's invitation to bear Christ without knowing everything that comes next. And it's possible that you find yourself today unable, unable to be open to what new beginning God is inviting you to do. Hope and joy may be in short supply for you today. Maybe you used up your last shred of hope on the latest test results or the last argument you had with your spouse or partner or friend or that last paycheck that just came in. And when we cannot bear to hope for ourselves, when we cannot fight back the loneliness and the isolation and the fear on its own, I wanna invite you to let Mary be a witness for us that God will make a way in the extraordinary space between how can this be and Hineni, here am I, is the voice of Mary, a young, scared girl who found courage to believe that God can do impossible things. And then on those moments when we are able to light a small candle of hope, when the embers have not entirely died out in us, let's hold that candle out to each other bearing Christ and the very, very good news that when all seems lost, God will come near and make a way. In this final week of Advent, consider that you are loved, that you are favored and seen by the creator of the world, no matter what impossible or heartbreaking place you may be in right now, God is here. God gives us companions for the journey and God will make a way. As we close, 
Did you hear this poem from Renita Weems? Oh Lord, even though I cannot see my way, still I hear your voice calling me in the whirlwind. Things are falling apart and coming together at the same time. Fear and calm overtake me. Feelings of unworthiness and divine boldness vacillate within. But I hear you beckoning me, telling me to get up, to reach out, to look up, to step out. I hear and I obey. Friends, may we know God's presence. May the Holy Spirit comfort us and fill us with courage. And may God continue to weave companions into our stories so that we too may bear Christ for the world. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.